When life as you know it is flipped upside down, we struggle to make sense of it all. Why would a good God allow this to happen? Hi, I'm Sherry Pilkington, your host of Finding God in Our Pain. In early 2018, the deepest questions of my life erupted when I unexpectedly lost my husband of 32 years. Since then, I've searched the heart of God for what he has to say about pain and suffering. In this podcast, we'll discover how God enters into our pain, shepherds us through our darkest valley, and out into the green pastures once again. I'll bring you firsthand stories from women who will allow us into their authentic struggle, along with professional advice from experts, counselors, and others who can speak to what it looks like to navigate pain. Join me as we discover God's answers to the deepest cries of our shattered heart. Today's guest, Anne Shaw, is a wife and mom whose heart is the absolute biggest. I've never known her to have a cruel word for anyone. Don't get me wrong, she's no pushover, but she never fails to meet a need if she sees it or if she's made aware of it. She's known for her extravagant generosity, and I have no doubt there are plenty of people, especially our marginalized part of society, who are left wondering who was that blonde angel. We're going to talk with Anne about the birth of her son, Cameron, a first-time mom in her mid-30s. She welcomed her precious baby boy who was born with spina bifida. Spina bifida has a high mortality rate at a very young age. How does a new mom, previously told she would never have children, take on this unknown territory? You'll get to hear how God was already up to something special as he healed a portion of Cameron's back in the womb, the secret place where God's hands do his most magnificent work. A quick note. For you so you won't be lost. Near the end of the show, Anne makes reference to Lisa and Tommy, both of whom are mutual friends of ours. But because she had not said anything previously about them, I wanted you to be able to stay oriented with the conversation. Anne and her husband, Joe, are good friends with Lisa and Tommy. Let's get started. Welcome, Anne Shaw, and thank you so much for taking the time to share with my audience the heart of a mother who has to make sense of a good God who allows birth defects. So glad to have you here. Thank you. You're very welcome. Let's start with you and Joe. How old were you guys when you got married? Only one when I got married. Joe's actually six years older than me. So we oh. got married in 1989. You and Joe were married planning on having kids? Not right away. We had no intentions. I was so young. But we definitely did want them. Y'all are starting out married life, waiting on a family. So when yes. did you guys decide, okay, now's the time? I was probably about 29 when we thought, okay, we better start trying. And then y'all proceeded to figure that out? <laughs> yes, exactly. But it took me like five years to get pregnant. I had endometriosis, so I had issues. And I was right at 35 when okay. I finally got pregnant. Did you have complications with your pregnancy? I didn't want to do in vitro. We chose not to, but I did do fertility shots. And I had some surgeries for the endometriosis to try to help it come along. But then we got to a point, I stopped doing the fertility drugs shots. They were, because we were like, it's just going to be us. And then a year and a half later, I got pregnant. And which is so ironic, it was the week of September 11th. I got pregnant within that week. I'm talking about it, it gives me goosebumps because I think there's a reason. He was a September 11th baby. Can you elaborate or do you want to share what you think that reason is? Well, there was so much sadness and tragedy. And I feel like that's why so many people got pregnant during that time is because there was so much loss you know, that it, it had to be, we had to have something. To hang on to, to give you hope. Yes. I feel that that's why I got pregnant during that time. My heart was heavy. I think all of our hearts were very heavy during that time. And all of a sudden I was pregnant and it's like this, something was just lifted off my shoulders. The stress of that, of, you know, that sadness. So for me, it's what I needed. Some joy, 
some happiness. Yeah, exactly. Yes, joy. You guys had given up on the infertility shot, so this is just something that happened naturally. Exactly. It definitely, <laughs> I did three pregnancy tests I'm sorry, because I really thought I'd something, you know, I was like, there's no way, but it happened. Well, beautiful then. So at what point you're going to your doctor's appointments and at what point do you discover that Cameron is diagnosed with spina bifida? Is this something you saw during pregnancy? Back then, of course, technology is not like it is today because you're figuring 18 years ago, but they did the blood test back then when you were like 35 or older. I think they do it even younger now, but that test for like spina bifida and Down syndrome and I think something else. And the numbers came back for the spina bifida, like positive or high, but there's so many false positives with that test back then, but they sent me to a high risk doctor and they wanted to do the amnio it's where the needle you know goes mm -hmm. in to check to 100% verify it but the risks were so high of losing the baby and I just knew we probably would get pregnant again and so we chose not to do it because it didn't matter it didn't right. matter if Cameron was born with it or not back then they didn't do like nowadays if I would have gotten pregnant like today they have surgeries they go in and they fix it while they're still in the, the uterus, which is amazing because they come out and the kids, you would never know they had spina bifida. Like if that was around when Cameron, he probably, I'm not saying he wouldn't have, but there's a good chance he wouldn't have had most of the issues back then. There was nothing they could do about it until he was born. We accepted it. And of course I did a lot of pain. We found that out at like 18, 19 weeks. And I put it on my mind. Cause I thought, I just didn't think it was, I just thought it was the false positive. I didn't stress about it. I didn't lose sleep over it. And then when he was born, he had this big mass on the bottom, the base of his back. They took him right away because then they knew. It wasn't confirmed to about two weeks later when we went to the neurologist and he had his first MRI. But when he was born, they knew. So Tell us a little bit about spina bifida. The spinal cord is actually outside of the body. It doesn't form on the inside. Their spinal cord would be outside. You could see it. And unfortunately, years ago, because of that, kids didn't live long because the infection in the spinal cord is, was so risky that some kids didn't live till 10 because in, and most kids that are born with the spinal cord were completely paralyzed. Over the years, they, have, they were able to fix it in the uterus with Cameron. They had just started doing 3D ultrasounds, which could kind of tell that I had it two weeks before he was born. I was actually a week late too, but to, they couldn't see where his spinal cord was out. So they're like, okay, that's a good thing. Well, when he came out and he had that mass in the back, but the middle of the mass had like a dime size, it almost looked like a scab and had formed over. And the doctor said that probably within the last two weeks before we had that 3D ultrasound, it probably went back because it can, it can go back in because it was so recent they could tell because of the scab. So it evidently went back in and thank goodness, because if it would have been on the outside, there was nothing they could, I mean, it was back then it was pretty bad. So luckily, in his case, it did go back in. Well, that's a blessing. Yes, it is. Definitely. And I prayed, like I said, I prayed and I put it in God's hands. I couldn't live the next 22 weeks. Stress is not good for the baby and not me. So I just put it in God's hands and didn't worry about it. I was going to ask you backing up a little bit. How was your faith with God going into this pregnancy? Did it increase during the pregnancy? Did it just stay the same at this point? In my 20s, it just wasn't a good time in our lives. Probably three or four years before I got pregnant, I had got back into church and my faith was pretty strong. I prayed a lot, a lot, and a lot. And that's what got me through it all because I wasn't where I was in my 20s. I definitely had gotten back to where I needed to be. 
Did you ever question God why he would give you a baby with spinal oh, Absolutely. I have days where I still, yeah, of course. It's like, how does he choose the parents that have kids with disabilities? But I feel like he knew we could handle it. I definitely believe God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. And he gave it, Cameron, to us at the right timing. But the hardest thing is when I really question it. Luckily, Cameron's a very overall pretty positive, upbeat child. He is a Christian and he prays and he believes in God. And but he doesn't have a lot of I call them pity me times, but a couple of times a year he'll get down. And this is when it definitely affects me more when he looks at me and says, Why did God make me this way? And he'll do it once a year, maybe sometimes twice. And that's when he doesn't know, but I step back and wonder the same thing. It's a fair question. I can't imagine anybody not saying that they didn't feel that way. Right, right. Because I think that's part of the process of discovering who God is. Yes. You know, when things don't add up like we think it should. Granted, most of the time I'm holding it up to the standard of the world and measuring it by that. When God looks at us completely different, his value system is completely different. Yes. It's been my experience that he welcomes our questions. He welcomes our struggle. He welcomes our pain. For me, anytime I've given him my pain, it just seems to evaporate. Never is angry with me or upset. So I believe that the struggle and those questions, our questions are beautiful to him and it engages him. Did you feel like you ever got any sort of answers to that? Or do you feel like he's still walking through this with you and just revealing himself as you go? Well, I feel like I got answers. Joe and I were going through some stuff back then when I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Cameron being more responsive to it actually, and it could be very stressful, but with us, it brought us back to where we needed to be because we knew that Cameron needed us. And I feel like God gave him to us at the right time in our life because if it would have been 10 years earlier, it, I don't know what would have happened. Joe and I have a lot of patience with Cameron and I really believe there's a reason that he gave him to us because he knew that we could handle it. So you felt like that your marriage had matured into a place where when presented, when this challenge was presented, you guys unified. Exactly. Because we were almost growing apart and it gave us a reason to fight for our marriage. Where we are today is a great place because of that. Maybe he did it to save my marriage. I don't know. I'm not saying that's why, but it, it definitely made us stronger. The unification alone will make you stronger. And the purpose that exactly. both of y'all lay down your life for Cameron, that's a beautiful place to be unified exactly. at. That's a fair statement because any long-term marriage has an ebb and a flow to it. How long have you and Joe been married? 31 years last week. <laughs> 31 years. That's beautiful. All of us had some pretty long-term marriages. Yes, we did. Yes, thank God. I do question God when I'm feeling uneasy, unsure, but I don't get that way a lot, but I still, it's more when he's having surgeries or he's struggling with something. It's more when I see him go through what he goes through is when I question God. When he's doing good and he's happy, it's all worth it. But then when he has a bad time, I think it's when I question God more. And I think that's the mother in you. So that's a fair thing. But sometimes it may be too that you need to reconnect with God or reunite with God. Because I I believe that my personal relationship with God has an ebb and a flow. I know I should be more consistent and think of him more frequently through my day. And I'm getting better about constantly engaging him with just, what do they call breath prayers? I think is what they call them. Yeah. Just talking to him all the time. And so I'm getting better about that. But sometimes you just need to sit down or at least I, I shouldn't speak for you. Sometimes I just need to sit down and purposefully connect with God and discover yes. how he feels about me 
in any particular aspect of my life. I could be driving down the road and all of a sudden this sense come over that I need to pray. And I'm sure people around like, who's that one we're talking to? But I'll pray. I prayed in the shower. It doesn't matter. Wherever I am, I'll pray right there. And if I'm in a situation I, that I got that feeling and I can't, you know, for some reason, I pray to myself because I know he can hear me. Well, it's always a growth, I think. As long as we keep returning to him, pulling towards him, inviting him, exactly. acknowledging him purposeful, you know, connection with him. It's a constant growth and it'll never be perfect. We won't hit perfection until we're standing in front of him. And so That's right. I think it will always be something that we must choose to do th throughout the day, yes. every day. So that, what does the word say? Yes. The renewing of your mind. And I think for yes. me, that's renewing of my mind is to get in the word, exactly. talk to him yes. about his word. So what was your biggest fear? My biggest fear when he was born was like the, you know, the long, long surgeries because anybody going under for 10 to 15 hours is, you know, as he got older and now today even, and I think I'll be like this until the day I pass, but bullying, I worry about it daily with him because he has a, I call it a gimp. The, the, the medical terminology is hip lateral sway. Luckily, he has some wonderful friends that have known him for years, and they look right through that. They don't even see that Cameron is handicapped or that he wears braces on his legs or he has a tube hanging out of his stomach. They don't look at him like that, but there are still kids, and which is even more sad, grown-ups that are just cruel. To me, if you glance at someone, that's fine. But if you stare like, what's wrong with that person? That is bullying. Because that person, my son picks up on it right away. But when he was younger, of course, it was more the, the surgeries and what he was going to have to go through to hopefully repair his spina bifida. Yeah, because I think you mentioned he was eight months old when he had a 14, 15 hour surgery. He was eight months old the first time he had his surgery. And it was a long, long day. A little baby being taken from your arms, not knowing you just didn't know. They told me that spinal cord surgery is even more risky or, or intense than heart surgery because of, you know, the spinal cord is connected to everything. And so an infection. And, and so it was very risky. And then for someone to be under that long was even more risky. I can only imagine that when they take that baby out of your arms, that's really your heart. <laughs> when they did take him from us, the hospital, the children's hospital, CHKD, they have a chapel on the first floor. And Joe and I felt like we just needed to go down there to have a few minutes alone and with God. We went down and prayed. I'm not sure how long we were in there, but we just both sat in there and prayed for the doctors and God just to guide them through this surgery. And then we went back up, but we had to have that time to make sure. It's so important to renew your heart, renew your spirit, renew your soul. Oh. And even then to fight fear, to connect with God directly and put fear in its place. That's huge. So what were some of the questions you were asking God? Even Cameron today still has surgeries. How many surgeries yes. has he had to date? Probably close to 40 total. Some are minor, very minor. He's had both of his feet reconstructed because they were, they were very crippled from the spina bifida. They kind of, one turned out, one turned in. And so he's had reconstructive surgeries. He's had uh, He's got a um, succostomy tube in his stomach that is a surgical process and he was in the hospital for about a week for in that because it's very painful because they have to go through all the abdominal to get to the colon and because most kids 92 percent i think of kids born with spina bifida are incontinent and have no bowel control because of the spina bifida it's very common so he has a tube ins inserted in his stomach you just don't know everything he goes through on a daily basis because it's a lot did that answer your question? I was trying to think, what was the question again? Just finding out what sort of questions you're asking God in the midst 
the number one is why, like why not even us, because I felt kind of selfish doing that. Like saying, why did you give us him? It's not that, what, what about him? You know, he's the one that has to live his life like this. So it's more of why was he born like that instead of why did I have it? You know what I'm saying? It's not about me. And when he has suffered and pain or anybody would hate to see their child go through so much pain. And I'm just like, why does he have to, you know, be in this pain? The main thing is that everything was why for different reasons, but why this or why that? It sounds like you were even asking, you know, when you have to, see him struggle every day you were just saying how much he has to go through in one day's time to maintain and to function and to have a quality of life that you know is as as good as it can be because i see him out about driving i see him with his friends i see him (laughs) you know in the pool i see him having a a grand time but behind that what i'm seeing there's a lot of work. Yeah, overall, he is a happy child. I said, Joe and I have been very positive and upbeat and tried not to let that affect him. But he does struggle daily because he can't even go to the bathroom like you and I. And that's a big struggle for him, a big struggle. Like when he goes to the beach. Now he has, like I said, a group of probably five to eight boys that he's known for years and they know all about his tube. And it was just them here, of course, he'll take his shirt off like at the pool because he doesn't care that they see a tube. Sherry, I'm telling you, that's what I'm saying, they're rude. He's had people like, what is that hanging on your, talking like 10 year olds that know better. I feel like at that age to come up to someone. I tell them when we're at the beach, who cares? Cause I'm like, it doesn't matter what, let them look, it's their insecurity. But he won't, he's not to that point. You know, he goes to the beach, he looks happy, but yeah, he'd like to have his shirt off like all the rest of his friends do. But he doesn't because of that reason. We all have our own challenges, but yes, are more unique than others. Does he have questions for God? Has he ever shared anything like that? Oh, absolutely. The main thing is, why did God make me this way? He definitely questions that, why he has to go through so many surgeries or if he's having nerve pain because kids with spina bifida have horrific horrific nerve pain that shoots down your legs it's like an electrocution and mm-hmm. when he's having the nerve pain like he was like why am i why is this hurt so bad why does god you know what did i do wrong and that will stab a mother right in the heart oh absolutely yeah. <laughs> definitely with cameron's limitations and the stabbing pain and the things that he has to keep up with has he found any peace in that do you know i guess i'm asking you to speak for him and maybe that's not a fair thing to do in his absence oh, but no. Sometimes I don't know what to say, Sherry, when he asks, like, why did God, I mean, he has a plan for Cameron and I tell him to pray about it, you know, and when he struggles with the different things, I'm like, you just have to pray about it. And I feel like when he does, it takes some of that sadness or or stress away from him. And so I'm glad that he knows that. God's our source, but he'll provide plenty of resources. Yeah. But it is still a very intimate and, and original, I say original as in unique to who we are, walk with God. You know, we can't make yeah. the walk for Cameron. We can only make the walk beside Cameron and you and Joe more so than anyone. So there has to be a personal journey for any of us. Because even pointing my boys to the Lord, at some point in their life, they're going to cry out to him and he's got to be real to them. So yes, I can do all the pointing and talking, but at some point God has to show up when they cry out to him. Yes. So that's, I think that's when their unique walk starts with Christ, the real, the real deal, experiencing him. Can you think of any of the prayers that you were praying during this time between birth and even today, you're still walking out these challenges that Cameron has? Because he's just, I said he was 17, but he's 18, right? 
Oh, no, he'll he's 17. He'll actually be 18 in next month. <laughs> okay. But he is 17 right now. Okay. When you think about this process, what are some of the prayers that you're reaching out to God for, crying out to God for? One of the biggest things is, of course, they're working on some stem cell research. And I know people have their different opinions about that. I don't know if it's going to be in his lifetime. I pray that they come up with something with this stem cell or anything for that matter that could, you know, heal his bladder and his bowels and his feet and his walk and, you know, everything. So I pray that constantly because every week they come up with new things. So I know that they're working on it. So I just pray that God finds a way to have answers for that. I know what you were saying about the controversy with stem cell. Do you contribute Cameron's long life to the fact that his spinal cord closed, covered, and Mm -hmm. Do you contribute it to science, God, combination? Well, science didn't close it before he came out. It was God because he wasn't born. To me, God made the scientists and guide their hands in doing these things. Like today, now they do the surgeries while they're still in the uterus to fix the spinal cord. And so that would be God and the doctors and scientists. But of course, God is the one who put it there. And God working in and through and among, for and about, so... He can use whomever he chooses to accomplish that which he has for us. Exactly. I feel like God gave us a way to invent these medicines to treat certain things. He made the scientists or the labs. He's the one who put that knowledge in them to come up with the cures that we have for cancer. One day it's going to be a cure for all of it. And that starts with God. He's the author and the perfecter. Yes. Amen. Definitely when you are offering up these petitions and these requests of God, in what ways have you seen him answer? When you think about maybe the most frequent prayer you were praying or maybe even just the struggle of a mom's heart, how have you seen God give you peace or give you comfort? Well, for one thing, every time he's had a surgery, we pray that he even comes through it and he always does. So that's the big thing. And when he was having the tube in his stomach is a costume tube. They just started doing that like six, seven years ago, and he pretty much wore a diaper. And so then they can't, God came out with the secostomy tube, and the doctors suggested it to us. And he was one of the first few patients at CHK that got, got it done, wow. one of the first children's anyway, the, the kids. And so, wow. and it's been the best thing ever. That was a big thing with the bowels, of course. I pray for better technology, like the braces he wears. We're lucky they can make these braces that make him walk because he has no feeling in his feet from the ankles down. If he stands for like more than an hour, his legs kill him because the the nerve damage, he can't build the strength to and his legs, they got to come up with something that can be like the bionic man. I pray at that all the time and they haven't been approved, but they go over the legs and they can run because Cameron, of course, can't run but they can help you run and everything. They give your legs the strength that you don't have. I pray for that. Oh my gosh, they need to hurry up with that so he can have those one day. (laughs) They're working on it. So I feel like that's God's answer in my prayers because they're working on it. Cameron's 17. He's up, moving around, living life (laughs) with a few limitations that it sounds like each invention or each introduction to these, this new uh, medical options, it sounds like it brings another level of quality of life. So that's always a blessing too. How does God keep encouraging you today? I feel like when I see Cameron happy, that's an encouragement that God is showing me. He is such a blessing. He can be 
you know, how teenagers are. We struggle with the teenage thing, but overall, he's a very loving and happy child. And that alone is a huge encouragement from God to see. I know that's why God, Cameron does have his happiness. Um, it's because he trusts in God. He knows that God has a plan for him. He doesn't know what it is yet. And he does get discouraged. He's human, but overall he feels like God has a plan for him. And that's encouraging to me, if that makes sense. Just what I see him doing for Cameron and, and through Cameron is what encourages me a lot. There's a purpose, right? There's a purpose for his life. There's a purpose for our limitations. There's a purpose for our challenges. There's a purpose for things not turning out the way we wanted them to, but God still, he doesn't see it that way. God still has a tremendous value for whatever it is. Like when I think about Larry's death, that was the worst thing I've ever gone through in my life, but yet God still has purpose with that pain. And for me, this podcast is a product of that because people need to see that God does show up in pain. He is there. He does care. And so when you think about Cameron's life, what is the purpose of his physical condition? Cameron's talked about this one day possibly being like a motivational speaker for teens even that struggle with other issues because he just graduated from high school because he had to finish his last couple years online because he had some severe medical issues going. So we had to pull him out of school. And so he finished online at home. Cameron says that got that personality that he could get up in front of these kids and not even with physical disabilities, with kids that feel like they have nothing else to live for, but it's not necessarily physical. They could be getting bullied. Cameron's been through all that, you know, he's been through all that and he's going to keep going through it. And I feel like he needs to use his story to encourage others, whether they're physically, mentally handicapped or depressed or teenagers especially need to hear this. You can get through anything as long as you trust in God. If you don't have God, what do you have? What do you have? What trust do you have? What faith do you have? If you don't have God, what do you have? And so think about it. You don't, you don't have nothing. Can you imagine living like that? I like how you compare the mental or emotional limitations or the battle of the mind or emotions yes. with Cameron's physical battle with life. Yes. So there's, that's a beautiful overlay in the sense that really is there much difference? It's still a it's struggle. Not. I don't believe there is. You may but, not see it with a child. It may not be physical, but you don't know what they're going through. They have major depression. It's the same. It's a disability, whether it's physical, emotional, you know, mental. Cameron's is physical, so you can see it, but it has affected him emotionally that he's come overcome it. And that's what I think he needs to tell people. Yeah, you might feel like this is the worst day ever or, you, or the worst week, but it's going to get better. The sun's going to come up tomorrow. God's going to be there for you. You just have to trust in him. That's what it's about, really. Yes. That's what it's about. It's just encouraging people, me reaching back to say, I can help you in your pain. I've been there. Let me, let me love on you a little bit in that situation. And Cameron can say, hey, buddy, I know how you feel. I've been there. I have that, that struggle. Let me, let me help you through that. What is your, what's your goal for your family in the next three years, five years? My personal goals... I'm working on it. It's baby steps, but to get back 
to God fully. It's not that I, I don't stop believing. I know there's a God, I know there's a heaven. It's just, it's, it's like that, you know, questioning like why I'm being angry. My son, he got a really bad bone infection. We literally pretty much almost lost him wow. in the CHKD um, trauma. And his blood pressure went down to like 30. Wow. And it was just horrific. And of course, that day I was so angry. Like, why is, you know, you're going to take my son from me right here in front of me? But, you know, I, we got through it. The first person I called, of course, was Lisa. Because, yeah. you know, her faith is so strong. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't use the phone in that room because you couldn't get out a signal. And Joe was there and they were trying to save him. And I went to the bathroom because I felt like I was just going to collapse. Right. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> Girl, you're fine. That's your baby. <laughs> baby. I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to cry. Anyway, I um, I went in the bathroom and called Lisa, and she was at work, and she prayed with me, Sherry. She prayed and prayed and prayed, and it helped so much because I didn't want to pray. I mean, I was mad, but I needed to pray, and she, God definitely put her and people like you in my life that, you know, um, she just, she prayed and prayed and prayed with me. And mm-hmm. finally, you know, he started coming back around, thank God. And um, the next thing I know, like, cause they, they had his blood pressure. I mean, it was just crazy to watch your child. He was in trauma for six hours cause they were trying to stabilize him. And um, after I hung up with Lisa, 20 minutes later, she was at the ER with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thank God COVID wasn't going on cause they wouldn't let her back. And she came straight there, left her job and came straight there and stayed with us. And Tommy got off and he came up until like 11 o'clock that night. And they finally got him in a room and got him stable. It's where I want to be. Like you and her, I look up to y'all because, you know, that's, I want to be there. And that's my goal. But because, you know, her faith was so strong and I needed her there. That's what God does for us. And your faith is stronger than you think it is. If Mother Teresa can question God's presence or care or concern. I remember one story about her picking up a man out of a sewer. She didn't even realize it was a man in the sewer. She could not identify that there was a man in the trash, but she could hear him like it's moaning and she picks him up and takes him back. And you know, that's real life. You're doing real life. Like you're watching Uh, your son struggle for his life in front of you. And you question God. And so don't ever think that's a bad thing to question God. And give him your anger. Here's what I found out in my anger, that if I kept it to myself, Satan used it to separate me from God. But if I gave it to God, if I told him how I felt, if I got real with him, it's not like you can hide how you feel from him. But when I gave it to him, I verbalized it, when I laid it at his feet, and sometimes I felt like I hurled it at him because I just had too much pain it was too painful to act like you had it all together. And I didn't try to act like I had it all together because there was no purpose or no point to trying to act like you had it all together. But if I kept God at arm's length, Satan yeah. had time to work and separate me and, and question God about mm-hmm. his goodness. I, he, Satan wants me to define God by Larry's death and forget that God first loved me That's and forget his attentiveness and his kindness and his willingness to walk through the middle of this, right through the middle of it, not on the sides, not skirting, not acting like it didn't happen, but what right smack dab through the middle. So anytime you're in a hospital room 
or you've got a next decision to come up or you watch your son struggling, go immediately to the Lord with that pain, with your questions, with your anger, with your frustration, because it's safe with him. He will not use it against you. He will not condemn you. He will not shame you. He loves you and he's going to receive that. Your pain is safe with God. I want you to remember that. I totally agree when you said that when you keep him at the arm's distance, like I did when I was mad, you start thinking these crazy things and that's the devil working on you. And I didn't like that feeling. I'm glad to know that everyone struggles like that because you get embarrassed to tell people that you were angry at God. I don't tell many people that. Well, the struggle is real and the pain is real. So if you're like me, I, I tell the Lord, I would prefer to stay away from the pain. I'm not really yeah. cut out. Lord, but are any of us really cut out for the pain? Seeing your child just go through that like that, and your child looks at the doctors because they call in a totally different team when it's a trauma. Right. So they call in all this different team to work on him, and he looks at the doctor and says, am I going to die? And the doctor said, not on my watch, but of course he's not going to say yeah to him, but it's, you know, wow. I needed that prayer, and I felt like if I didn't call Lisa – like I knew she would stop. She didn't care that she was at work. She went in the bathroom. She didn't care. Um, she went in the bathroom and literally just praying out loud with me because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was so like, why is this? Ha-? You know, I was just, I just couldn't do it. That's the body of Christ though, really showing up yeah. in that intense time of trial. And yeah. another thing to point out is that my pain, my loss will take a while to work through, but you are constantly challenged every day with new things. Like who knew the bone infection was coming that would take his life, not just put him in the hospital for another stay or another surgery, but you ran on this thin line of his life hanging in the balance. So that's more than intense. That's, I don't even know how to describe what that is for a mother to have to and I, and I thank God that I will never know what that's like for a mother to go through. Yeah, it's just, but of course, you know, he pulled through it. But when they're in there and they call in the chaplain <laughs> for the hospital, I knew it was going, it was south. Nobody want that pain. It's like physical, you know, Sherry, it's physical pain. And it, it's just not, you know, it's not fun. I like that you're, you're very real with the struggle. You're very real with the questions and the, whether or not you, were on board with God or not on board with God, meaning whether you were mad at him or not mad at him. And I do believe yeah. that is a genuine picture of what it means to walk out this life with God. I thank you for being genuine and transparent. And, you know, I always prayed too. let us have the best doctors. We are so lucky. It says Cameron has probably five doctors that he sees on a consistency at CHKD. Four of them are Christians. One of the four he's the one that changes Cameron's tube because it has to be changed every 12 weeks. And he's the one that surgically put it in. And for us to get with this one particular surgeon years ago, when we first pursued this, he is the most caring. It's just amazing that God has put these, not just good doctors or great doctors, but they're Christians. I mean, what's the chances of that, Sherry? Because I had prayed so hard. God knew what I, we needed at the time, I just was talking about good surgeons, physically, that can do good surgery. But no, God knew, no, you need more than just that, you know? And now I see that, so that to me is an answered prayer. He did give us the best of doctors because number one, they're Christians and they're good surgeons. They have given Cameron numerous speeches over the years about 
you may have a bad day, but you know what? The sun's coming out tomorrow. God's going to, the sun's coming up tomorrow and you get out of bed and you just face it. And they listen and these surgeons or his doctors are telling this, he just soaks it up. I can tell him day in and day out, but they're only going to listen to us so much. But these doctors, the one gave him a huge speech. His friend even tells people about the speech that the encouragement this doctor gave them. It was such a huge impact on them. That's our, my answered prayers. Well, even you say this, you know, these words of wisdom that he's speaking into Cameron or over Cameron, that's the spiritual value of their yes. his ability. So therein lies the encouragement to get up tomorrow, a bigger purpose for your life than just laying in this hospital, receiving the next procedure. So that's beautiful that they could impart more information, you know, some more value for you. We weren't even supposed to have kids and he gave us Cameron and he was born with spina bifida, but it's okay. You have this beautiful child that loves you unconditionally and to all that's answered prayers every bit of it is answered prayers you're telling me you you know you were told you couldn't have children and then you're given this gift at this particular time in your life and yes it is with challenges it wasn't maybe and these are my words wrapped in the perfect little bow as we define it should have been Uh, but yet you see god showing up constantly through this lifelong struggle And so that's encouraging when you get these answered prayers, the fact that he's told he's not going to walk, but he walks, that he's not going to drive, but he drives. He doesn't have to wear the uh, adult diapers anymore. He has the tube that has been invented. So you're saying that you've seen God show up in these ways that would not have happened without his intervention uh, in these these miracles, these tiny little miracles along the way, because People get one big miracle, but you get the gift of tiny miracles, these little miracles of intervention and uh, being intimately entwined with who um, Cameron is. And it's constant. And that, and I I keep using examples. I hope it's okay. Like his orthopedic surgeon, he is such a good Christian man. He's this black orthopedic surgeon. He loves us. He hugs us. He loves us. And he's the one that gave Cameron and his friend that speech. He's all about the technology and stuff. And usually like CHKD only sees kids until they're 21. They're coming up with this new technology to fix his hip lateral sway. The reason why Gibbs is coming from his hips. And there's this new surgery or technique on the horizon that hopefully maybe in his 20s, they're going to come up, you know, or finalize this. And Dr. St. Remy, he wants Cameron to be one of his first patients when he does start doing these procedures. He said it could be five years, but he said, I don't care if he's 30. Cause I said, well, I thought the hospital can't see them after they're 21. He goes, it's really up to the doctors. But if we say we want to see them and he said, I don't care how old he is. I want to do this surgery on him one day. He doesn't have to see my son after 21. They don't. And then one more thing. And then that day he was in the trauma when I was going out to actually call Lisa, I was balling and his general surgeon that is a Christian he was down there doing a consult in the ER. He saw me across the thing and he goes, are you okay? And I said, no. And he goes, please tell me Cameron's not, because everybody knows what the trauma thing is. And he came over and, and I said, yeah, he's in the trauma. And I explained to him really quick, because of course I was bawling. And he hugged me tight and said, it's going to be okay. And that day I didn't realize this, but Dr. France, his doctor is actually head of trauma surgery at CHKD. And so he deals with a lot of trauma in there. And he goes, I'm going to go on in there because I'm not going to step on anybody's toes because he already had doctors in there. I mean, God put that guy in our life because he's a Christian and he's the head 
top trauma surgeon. And so he went in there and stayed in there for 30 minutes, just talking to the doctors, feeling it out, and then came out and spoke to me. And he said, he's in the best hands he can be. You know, he's going to be fine. They're doing everything they can. So to have that on top of, you know, this man, what's the chance of him being down there that second that I step out of trauma and he sees me? You know, God put him there. And plus two, here's the thing. You know those doctors are praying over your son. You know they're intervening yeah. on his behalf. They're praying for yeah. wisdom and discernment and things like that. That's a beautiful addition to what your experience is. Annie, I want exactly. to thank you so much for today. Thank you for your time and for sharing this experience with my guest. I hope you have found encouragement for today and a deeper revelation of God's heart in the midst of pain and suffering. We'd love to have you as a subscriber to Finding God in Our Pain so that you can be connected with all my guests as they share their personal experiences and professional knowledge about pain and suffering. And because this podcast is a division of the website, A Life of Thrive, for more information and the various ways you can connect with us, please visit the website, alifeofthrive.com. I look forward to sharing more transparent stories from the hearts of women who intimately know what it means to have their world flipped upside down, their authentic struggle to make sense of it, and what recovery and healing looks like. Till then, sweet woman, remember you are not alone and that God speaks the most beautiful things in the dark.